Welcome back to the big broadcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Martini and Mark Magistrelli. And here we are in the home stretch of this evening's big broadcast. We turn the microphone back to Orson Welles, this time in the role of Harry Lyme. I love these pun-filled titles. <laughs> Art is a long and Lyme is fleeting. Like art is long and time is fleeting. Oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> hey, it's late. We're a little slow. Don't yeah, expect too much true. at this hour. November 9th, 1951, The Lives of Harry Lime on the Big Broadcast. <laughs> Presenting Orson Welles as the third man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character originally created in the motion picture The Third Man. With zither music by Anton Karras. burden you with the sordid details about how I met two very lovely Brazilian women named Inez and Aurora. They were very rich. They were in Paris on a buying spree. The three of us became inseparable friends in very short order. I told them I was a dealer in masterpieces of famous painters. They were most eager to see my collection. So I began to browse around old antique shops looking for something to sell them. <laughs> Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man, in today's story, Art is Long and Lyme is Fleeting. Bonjour, monsieur. Bonjour. Please, can I help you? I'll just look around, thanks. Of thanks course, so if you tell me what you are I'm looking, looking for. I'm looking for a painting, an uh, impressionist school, perhaps. I, don't I have a know. few oils. This way, please. Here they are. Hmm. They are very cheap. Yeah, not very good either. I have one that is a little more expensive. If you would step this way. Huh? Now, this one is very good. There's a picture of a bather. And in the dark light and from a considerable distance, it might look a little like a Renoir. I looked the picture over carefully to see if it had a signature on it, but luckily enough, there wasn't any inscription. A charming painting. Mm. Who painted it? It is hard to say. Looks just a little bit like a Renoir. Well, it? Yes. Uh, How much is it? Uh, 10,000 francs. I'm sorry, old man. That's Aubrey. It is a very fine painting, and as you say, it looks a little bit like a Here Renoir. Here I'll give you another 1,000 francs, and you put the picture in the heavy old gold frame there hanging on the wall. Oh, no, monsieur. That frame costs uh, much more okay, than a picture. Okay, 12,000 francs. No more bargaining. Is the deal? All right. I'll wait for it now. I know you will appreciate it. I expect someone else to appreciate it far more than I. I took a suite at the elegant George Sank Hotel and hung the picture on the wall with a tiny spotlight over it. Underneath, I had a small brass plaque which read simply, 
Renoir. When I invited Inez and Aurora to have cocktails with me in my suite. <laughs> that was a very funny story, Miss Yari. <laughs> my dear Inez, it's, it's true, every word of it. I do not believe it. You make it up to keep us in smiles. <laughs> I'd do anything to keep you both in smiles, as you put it. You're very charming to us, Harry. I am most enthusiastic to see the painting. Ah, uh, we'll get to Mr. Renoir by and by. How about another drink? Not for me, one is enough. Me for two. I mean, uh, two for me. <laughs> I am mixed up. <laughs> I understand you perfectly. Here is me for two. Shall we not see the picture now? Oh, all right, all right. Step this way. Step this way, lovely Inez. Beautiful Aurora. Thank you for your compliment. Oh, I don't compliment you. I merely told the truth. It is over dark in here. I'll put the light on in a minute. I'd, I'd like you to stand here as the best distance. Oh, it is so exciting to me to see a real Renoir. Mm. It's exciting to me every time I look at it. Now I'll switch on the overhead light. Magnificent, isn't it? Oh, it is beautiful. I've looked at this picture a thousand times. Just can't part with it. Look at the form of the bather, so chaste, so full of feeling. Mm. See how the master subjugates detail and form. Much do you want for this painting, Harry? I don't think I want to sell it. Oh, you said you would. You are your mind changing? Well, it's true. I need the, the money, but well, you understand it. It's the one beautiful thing in my life. But you are a dealer. You must not go backwards on your well, word. Let, let me think about it. There's no hurry after all. But we must have Let's it. have lunch tomorrow. We'll decide then. Hmm? If you do decide, how much do you want for it? Oh, I'd never sell it under four million francs. Four million? Too much money for you and too hard for me to part with it, so we'll just remain friends, shall we? I, I do not care how much money. I must buy it. We'll meet tomorrow at the usual place for lunch and talk it over. In the meantime, you think about it, and I'll think about it. All eh? right, Harry. One thirty tomorrow. Good. I'll be there. <laughs> they left a few minutes later. It was working out fine. They were on the hook. All I had to do was to carefully reel them in. Then came a knock on the door. Yes? Hello, Harry. Paul Bazin. So, you still remember me. I thought you would have forgotten me by now. I never forget old friends. We used to be partners, old man. A partner, eh? That's right. Well, they hustled me into jail. You hustled up to the Riviera with all the money. It was a, an accident of fate. I was awful sorry you were caught, old man. There's nothing I could do. You're going to have an accident too, Harry. I don't do anything foolish. What good will it do you to shoot me? You have no idea how much good it will do me. Not like water to a thirsty man. I've been waiting for two years in a Luxembourg prison for this. Listen, old man, they guillotine people here in France for committing murder. If they catch them. Look, if you put the gun down, I'll tell you about a little deal that's coming off tomorrow. I'll cut you in on it. I'm not interested. Your share will be two million francs oh, in cold two. cash. Right. Two million. Two million. Put the gun down. I'll tell you about it. You'll talk better this way. Talk fast. Maybe I'll be interested. You see those two women coming out of my suite? I saw well, them. They think this is a Renoir hanging on the wall. See that? You're going to give me four million francs for it. And you are going to give me half out of sheer generosity? Uh, no, not out of generosity. You can help me. Besides, you have some money coming to you. I'm going to get it, too. A very rich Brazilian lady. And tomorrow at lunch, we're going to clinch the deal. I want you to be a friend of mine, you know, an art dealer. I don't know anything about dancing. It doesn't matter. Neither do they. Is the deal? How do I know you're telling me the truth? Well, I'm afraid you just have to take my word, old man. I don't know how to prove it to you till tomorrow at noon. I'll phone the women. They're not at the hotel yet. I'll wait. I'll be asking for three million out of the four. Very good idea. How about a drink, Paul? No. Well, I hate to drink alone. However, I shall have myself a small one. <laughs> An hour and 
until Inez and Aurora returned to their hotel. Paul was satisfied that I told him the truth, and he finally left me. Until lunch tomorrow. I began to think of a plan to get rid of this fellow. I can't stand people who hold grudges for years. It's a sign of immaturity. We met at lunch as scheduled. Mr. Basin, what is your opinion of impressionist painting? How does it compare with the mother? <laughs> well, I uh, think it's very different. <clears throat> Mr. Bazin does not uh, particularly like modern art. He, he hates to talk about it, as a matter of fact. He's against any form of art that isn't immediately comprehensible to everyone. That's, uh, <laughs> yes, I feel view. very strong about it. And me yeah. also. Abstracts that to me, crazy painting. Yes, I, I think so, How too. How about another cup of coffee? Hmm? No, thank you. Let us talk about the Renoir. Ah, yes. Uh, uh, by the way, when are you two lovely women leaving Paris? Hmm? Uh, yet, uh, we do not know. Maybe two weeks, maybe a month. Oh, it's hard to leave this city. Chance everybody. We have decided to pay you four million francs. Oh, did you? Well, well. Well, we'll think about it some more, shall we? But that is the price at which you gave us. Yes. Oh, I am getting all uh, mixed up again. You have <laughs> changed your mind, Harry. Well, not exactly. Let's give it another few days. You're going to be in Paris a few weeks. There's no hurry. You don't want to tell it? Well, I do. That is, I'm, I must. But you see, after I left, I had an offer from the Fontaine Galleries. About five million. I'm, oh. I'm very embarrassed by that. I don't like this kind of business. Oh, but you said yes to four million yesterday. I didn't make a promise. I said I might sell it for four. You must understand I'm a businessman. I must sell it to the highest bidder after all. Why don't you forget the Renoir? I'll be glad to show you other paintings. Very fine. Famous artists for much less money. We will give you the request you ask. Well, it's, it's worth much more, I assure you. How do you feel about it, Inez? We will buy it for five. If you can afford it, I think you're making a wise investment. I'll write a check for you right now. Give me the checkbook, Aurora. If you don't mind, I'd rather have it in cash. Well, I have some very urgent bills to pay. It'll take a week or so to clear through the bank. I can wait until this evening. You'll get the check cashed at your bank. We can meet for dinner. We'll have a real big celebration. Hmm? A party? Yes. You will be guest to us. Oh, no, no. You're, you're my guest, please. You come too, Monsieur Bezing? Uh, with pleasure, mademoiselle. Uh, where shall we meet? Shall we go to my favorite restaurant, uh, uh d'Argent? I know where it is. Oh, it's one of the best in Paris. Now, I must go. Uh, garçon, addition. <laughs> I was quite pleased with the way things were going. My only regret would be that I would have to leave Paris. Have to leave Aurora. Beginning get rather too fond of Aurora. She's my type, beautiful, not too encumbered with brains, but she had lots of spirit and exuberance. And as they say in France, as a fair son, as a fair. I had one real problem to get rid of Bezin. And he stuck close to me. Like a tree to the earth. I'm going back to the hotel with you. Oh, okay, if you want, old man. I won't. Might be better if you went home and packed. We're going to have to leave Paris in a hurry. I am staying with you until after dinner. You're a very suspicious fellow, Paul. I trust you as far as I can move the Eiffel Tower. You don't have to trust me. We're all meeting for dinner at Tour d'Argent. The restaurant can't run away, can it? Mm, if you double-cross me... It's impossible, Paul. All you have to do is show up at the restaurant. Hmm? Well, uh... Pack all your stuff and pick me up at the hotel. We'll go down together, hmm? All right. Okay. But if you try to do any tricks, Harry, I'll oh. swear I'll hunt you down and I'll kill you. Now, I Paul, mean it. I know. I know you're a very sincere fellow. Meet me at five o'clock in my suite. Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man.
Orson Welles, as the third man, continues with today's story, Art is Long and Lime is Fleeting. I had to work fast now that I was rid of Bazin. I hurried to my hotel and began to pack my clothes, and I telephoned my two Brazilian customers. Hello? This is Harry. Oh, Harry. You have your mind not changed. No, no, no. I just learned that uh, the Tour d'Argent's closed tonight. Well, then we shall someplace else go, no? Uh, of course. I, I, uh, there's a superb Italian restaurant called the Casa Bellini. Write the address down, will you? I have a pen. Good. It's 43 Rue Victoire. I made a reservation for us, 7.30. We will be Tell Inez, I'm, I'm sorry about the change. Oh, it is very nothing. Uh, I suppose she's gone to the bank, hasn't she? Uh, oh, yes. Ah, good. She will be back soon. Uh, what makes you so happy? Inez says I have for you much liking and is it true? Yes, Harry. True for me, too, Aurora. I think you're the most charming woman in all of Paris. You are to me, too. Oh, I get mixed up again. I know you and I are going to be the very best of friends. See you tonight, honey. Good night, I packed quietly, wrapped up the painting, and got ready to leave. Soon I left my suite better. I had a punch that... Bazin would change his mind and come early. Yes. Hello, Paul. You are about to leave? Well, I was just going down to pay my bills, matter of fact. You lied. You know, you're getting the awfully unpleasant, Paul, old man. You are getting up to something. I am getting up to five million francs for this little package here. I think you were trying to run away. I think I came just in time. You're not thinking. No matter where I ran, I'd still have to be at the Tour d'Argent at 7.30. Where were you going when I came into the room? I told you I was going downstairs to pay my bill. You're being very dull, Paul. You don't fool me. I think you'd better come along, huh? We'll go down together in a little while. Now, look here, Paul. We have three hours until we go to the Tour d'Argent. You're not going to stand there with a gun in your pocket all afternoon. That is exactly what I am going to do. Well, I have to go to the bank, arrange for my plane ticket. You're being... Well, you're being quite a bore, old man. You never had money in the bank in your life. So happens that you are cruelly wrong. Show me your bank book. It's downstairs in the hotel safe with all my other valuables. You are lying. A partnership based on suspicion and mistrust can never be successful, old man. Really. We are going to be Siamese twins for the next few hours. It's no use arguing with me. Well, if that's your decision, you might as well sit down. You'll get very tired standing up there for three hours. You worry about me a lot, don't you? I was brought up very carefully. It's ingrained in me to be a hospitable host. Now, I'm glad you're taking my advice. I'd like some refreshments. A drink, perhaps? No. Just want to sit, hmm? That's right, just sit. We don't doze off now. You think you're funny. <laughs> no point in being grim about it. Want some cards? No. I have a set of dice somewhere just to while away the time. I don't want to do anything. Uh, you just want to sit. That's right. I couldn't catch him off guard. He sat in the chair and kept... Beady eyes on me. I don't mind people staring at me, but as I had a gun, when he discovered my defection, he would become peeved, I thought. My gun might go off. He just sat there for a long time, and then even he became bored and just sitting, tilted his chair against the wall, rocking himself back and forth, the pressure of his toes against the floor. A sudden kick on the back legs of the chair when he was tilted would certainly give me an advantage. As he fell backwards, I hurled myself at him, pinioning his arms. He managed to get the gun out of his pocket, but I rolled the chair over his arm and he let go of the gun. I seized the gun and placed it against the back of his head with a good deal of force. 
fight was over in less than a minute. She lay there quietly. I figured she'd be out for an hour at least. Mr. Bezan was out of the picture. Forgive us for being late, Harry. Oh, please. It was the fault of me. <laughs> I took too much time to seem beautiful. You don't seem beautiful. You are, both of you. Monsieur Bazin, he's not coming. He won't be here. He wanted to come very much, but he, he was suddenly taken ill. Oh, that's too bad. And he'll be all right, I, I think. I am much hungry. You make the selection for us. We do not know the French word. Oh, I'd be delighted. Perhaps we'd better settle our business first, though, business before pleasure, you know. Oh, let's <laughs> eat first. There's no hurry. We have all the night. I didn't like this. They didn't seem to be so eager for the painting as they were at lunch. Maybe they were only hungry. Maybe. I didn't like their attitude at all. I like your fresh Melba, Aurora. It hmm? is superbly. It will make me fat, and then you will not like me anymore. <laughs> It'll make you fat, and I will adore you even more, darling. Uh-huh. We, we must thank you for a very fine dinner. Oh. The best we eat in Paris. I'm very pleased that you're pleased. And uh, <clears throat> now that we've eaten, shall we finish our business? You know, the Renoir is all wrapped up. Oh, hurry. And... We haven't had our brandy but yet. But we can negotiate while we wait for the brandy, hmm? Oh, you American are so impatient. I Americanos like very much. <laughs> Impatience in men is very nice. It's a custom in our country to get our business over with first. Very droll in that respect. Then we can all relax and enjoy ourselves, shall we? Oh, Harry, you do not say a word all evening about my frock, which I wear I'm for you especially. It's a beautiful dress, perfectly beautiful. I must say that if you've changed your mind about the painting, it's perfectly all right. You don't have to be embarrassed. Oh, no, Harry, we have not changed oh. our mind. Okay. Let's have the brandy and then we settle the business. Okay, okay. Garçon... There was definitely something wrong. They were obviously stalling. But stalling for what? I was getting very uneasy. The waiter brought the cognac and they sipped it a drop at a time. For 15 minutes, they dawdled over it. I decided not to wait any longer. Forced the issue. Tell us something about yourself, Harry. Huh. About America, I mean, when you lived really, there. There's nothing much to tell. I grew up like any average American boy. I got interested in art, but I learned soon enough that I'd never be a good painter. You were an artist? Well, not much of one. Now, if you'll forgive me for bringing this up again, <clears throat> I will give you the painting in exchange for five million francs. I'm afraid that we'll have to do it now or not at all. But, Harry... I mean it, Inez. We'll all feel better once, once it's done. Well, here's the money. You can count it. Oh, I trust you. Please, I won't even open the envelope. And here's your envoy. I hope you enjoy it as I have. We will. Mademoiselle, oh, I am sorry. I am late. I just couldn't get away. Oh, Monsieur Bordet, this is a hurry line. Uh, how do you do? I am pleased to meet you. Monsieur Bordet is an expert on Renoir's painting. He's from the Louvre oh. Museum. Oh, the, 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 the... Mm, the Louvre, mm -hmm. eh? Now, if you'll just excuse just me for a minute, I'll... Monsieur Lyme. I have got to leave. I'll just take a quick look. Oh, it's, uh... Please sit down. I'll unwrap it. I began to figure the distance to the door. Looked like this might be one of the times to run and fight another day. Monsieur Baudet motioned the gendarme who had evidently accompanied him to come into the room and close the door. Well, I took care of that. I just have to bluff it out. 
The expert slowly unrolled the picture, held it this way and hmm. that. How much did you agree to pay this man, uh, mademoiselle? Five million francs, monsieur. Is it too much? Too much or not enough? I don't like your tone. Just what do you mean by that, sir? The light in here is too dim for me to make a definite opinion, but uh, it could be a Renoir. Mm-hmm. There is a painting of his with this same general composition. Mm-hmm. The figure is not bad. The colors like his. You think it is a real Renoir? I was sure it was all right. I would like to take it with me and examine it more thoroughly. But I can say this. If it is a Renoir, it is worth 20 million francs. Oh, 20 million? Qu'est-ce qui arrive, hein? Oh, quoi s'agit-il, hein? You are not going to arrest anybody. Keep your hands high. Here, better do as he says. He looks dangerous. So the picture's worth 20 million, eh? I'll take it with me. Now stay as you are or you'll get a bullet. And don't follow me. Bazin grabbed the picture and ran. Talk about a break. With a gendarme, the girls in Bordeaux, I ran after him yelling, Stop! Thief! Stop! Thief! Thief! All the time blessing myself for not having tied him as securely as I thought I had. All I had to do was to follow him away and then get lost. As I tore along his wake, I noticed a couple of street Arabs huddled around a small fire. They scattered in panic. I sprinted, tackled. He hit the sidewalk. The picture flew out of his hands. I shoved it into the fire. I've caught you, you rogue. Now I'll teach you to steal, thief. Let me go. No, no, monsieur, no, no. Do not attack him. We will take care of him. It is not wise to beat the police officer at Paris. I'll kill you for this slime. I... I'm afraid all you'll do for a while is a nice stretch in the Bastille, my friend. Take him away. Come along, mon petit. I think we walk to the station. I have a few suggestions to make to you on the way. My wonderful eyes. Goodbye, old man. You have the bandit captured. Yes. You are so brave, so wonderful. You are not hurt. You are a wonderful action, Monsieur Lyme. An heroic deed. But uh, but where is the picture? The picture? The picture must be right here. It flew out of his hand when I tackled it. Oh. Oh. The picture is is burning. It will be destroyed. Get it, hurry. It is burning. I'll get it. I'm afraid it's completely gone. Of course, I made sure the picture was burned. I managed to grab a corner of it, but I had to drop it back into the flames. What a pity. The girls in Gordet were very concerned over my hand, but what's a few burns compared to a term in the local Husqvar and five million francs, not to mention getting rid of Bazin. Gordet and I saw the girls home, and then after making a date for the next evening with Aurora... I offered to drop him at the Louvre, for he still had to make his report. There is only one thing remaining to say, Monsieur Lyme. Mm-hmm. Yes, what is that? I would not want you to think that I am such a bad expert that I really had any doubts about the picture. You mean that it was an original? No, I mean that it was not. Oh, I see. Oh. Well, how much do you want for that? Nothing. Nothing? I don't, I don't get it. Monsieur Lyme. If I had ever one arrested who tries to sell a fake picture, the prisons of Paris would be full. I wanted only to give you a chance to get away without embarrassment. I hope this will be a lesson to you and that you won't try it again. Monsieur Corday, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your courtesy. You're a wonderful fellow. I must tell you, I want you to know what an inspiration people like you are to people like me. Lime returns in just a moment. Let's face it, friends. The world is very generously populated with mugs. Millions and millions of mugs just waiting like the proverbial sheep for the proverbial fleecing. In fact, if they weren't shorn from time to time, they wouldn't be comfortable.
Always makes me laugh to read that one of the mugs was an innocent victim of a confidence game. Now, just how innocent, I ask you. If you want a path beaten to your door, don't waste your energy inventing a better mousetrap. No, just hang a sign out. Scarce items at prices you want to pay. However, till we meet again, look after yourselves. And remember, if you don't, no one else will. The Lives of Harry Lime from 1951... Art is long, and lime is fleeting. See? Once you understood the title, you liked it, didn't <laughs> I you? I did have to think about it a little bit, but yes, it's very well done, and, and they didn't even need a writer strike to attain that. Hey, that's a title that AI would not come up with. <laughs> okay? That's so, true. take that automation. Now we have a program, actually excerpts from a program that was a groundbreaker back in 1937. Rudy Valley decided to take a vacation, I think it was a vacation to Europe. In his place, he asked that NBC engage Louis Armstrong. This would be the first time that an African-American performer would head up his own radio program. And not just any radio program. This was a biggie. In, in the that. Fleischmann's Hour. Yeah. Okay? They went ahead and did it. There were issues. It was savaged in the trade press. Oh. Well, partly because of the scripts, which... You know, it is 1937. They were even demeaning by the standards of that time. The show became better as it progressed, an important milestone. It was thought lost for many years. And then when they were going through Armstrong's estate, they discovered that he had kept dubs of this on 12-inch 78s. Now, they're worn, but they exist. Everything you're about to hear dates from April to July 1937. The show was known as Harlem it was just a little too uninhibited for the more buttoned-up world of 1937. Today, it sounds like a delight. Yeah. Here's Louis Armstrong on tonight's big broadcast. Fleischmann's Yeast presents Harlem. Fleischmann's Yeast bring you another fast and furious program featuring music by Louis Armstrong, the trumpet king of swing, comedy by Eddie Green and G.G. James, with words by Octavus Roy Cohen. And now, the head gate himself, Louis Armstrong and his orchestra. shoes on my feet. I ain't got nothing to eat, but I've got a heart full of rhythm. Not a dime to my name, but I'm rich just the same. I've got a heart full of rhythm. When the sky is the gray and everything's wrong, I find my way by singing a song. Let the great think I'm small. Boy, I can laugh at them all. Ha! I've got a heart full of rhythm. Look at you Folks, this is old Satchel out swinging at you. Playing one of them old good old good ones he wrote himself. A heart full of rhythm, yes. Yeah. 
Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Every time it rains, it rains. When it's from heaven, don't you know each cloud contains? When it's from heaven, your fortune's falling all over town.
And now, ladies and gentlemen, we gonna do for you this time old rocking chair. And my trumpet man, Louis Bacon, gonna play the part of the old man, and I'm gonna be the little boy. Yes, uh, look out there, boy! Hit it.
swinging blade in time, folks. That's the good old one. I'm up with the rooster each morning, pushing away the dew. I'm hustling and bustling for my baby, making a dream come true. Lots of things make me unhappy, but what do I care if they do? I'm hustling and bustling for my baby, making a dream come true. She'd like to have a cottage by the brook beside a hill. I'm so much in love with her, mighty sure she will. Oh, I'm up with the roof each morning, pushing away the dew. I'm hustling and bustling for my baby, making a dream. Hospitality. 
find her dancing, entrancing. She sings and she plays. Why, she can pick one of them good old derby winners. And she's not bad at cooking chicken dinners. <laughs> when you need a little loving or two, and you find to give a heart to you, now you can bet all the tea in China, that Southern hospitality game.
that good old good one. Here's the real, yeah, man. Now understand, brother. Oh, up lazy river where the old mill runs. Up the lazy river where the new day sun. Hanging in the shade of a kind old tree. Throw away your troubles. Dream a dream of me. Dream a dream of me. Up the lazy river where's the robin's song. Two bright lights as we stroll along. Blue skies up above the one I love. Up the lazy river, I'll have a real mama. Yeast present another half hour with music by Louis Armstrong and his orchestra. Comedy by Eddie Green and G.G. James. Words by Octavius Roy Cohen. And now... And this is Louis Fatsmo Armstrong saying good night, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. program announced by Charles Lyon came to you tonight from Chicago. 
This is the Blue Network of the National Broadcasting Company. WJZ, New York. A real rarity, Louis Armstrong, from the Fleischmann's Yeast Show, April of 1937. And uh, that was a treat. Of course, Fleischmann's Yeast got its start here in Cincinnati. Really? The Fleischmann Estate over in Avondale. I never knew that. Hmm? I think it moved to New York or whatever. But, but it started in Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I was not aware of that. You managed to find a local connection with just about everything. It's just... really impressive. <laughs> well, it's late on a Saturday night. We're both getting a little punchy, and it's time to wrap things up. As always, though, we thank you for taking the time out of your busy week to listen to the big broadcast, and we'll see you once again next Saturday. Till then, I'm Mark Magistrelli. And I'm Mike Martini. Tune in again next time for the big broadcast. <laughs>